Welcome to News by the Catalyst. This is a podcast about current events and ridiculous stories and just, you know, the all-round crazy human experiences we go through. I'll be one of your hosts, Shiko Waidaka. And I'm Jerry Benedict. All right, so let's kick things off today with a story about violence against hawkers. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, an oldie, not a goodie, something we hear about <laughs> often. Yeah. Uh, this time around, uh, it was County Ascaris in Kisumu who mm. uh, dragged a hawker, a lady hawker, yeah. On the tarmac with their vehicle. I know, which is just quite sad if you think about it. And it's the same violence has been happening to small scale workers all the time. I mean, being put in these situations. I mean, if you think about it, let me just give you one example. Like, have you ever been at a vendor's place and you're maybe buying a shoe and then all of a sudden they just take off? And at this situation, it's almost, it's literally fast fashion. And they just go off, and it's because it's, there's this kind of like ingrained conditioning that they've been subjected to that every time they just put these offices, you know what? What they do, they see them and just run away. Exactly. It, it must be part of the hawker training manual. Yeah. They have to. <laughs> yeah. They have to be very, like, you know, t- physically fit to run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be able to pack up their wares in, I'm sure they do drills. On yeah, this, definitely. Which is unfortunate, of <laughs> course. Yeah, because uh, this should be happening. Exactly. And with that, because we had the governor of Kisumu, Nyang Nyongo, he ended up actually suspending this scurries that were involved in this situation. And honestly, I'm not even sure about this, because I mean, is the suspension really enough punishment to put on this scurries? I, I really don't think so because, you know, it, it doesn't really show accountability for me. Yeah. What they're, they're probably on paid leave. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're basically being given time to go home and a time out, go think about what you've done, which they'll yeah. probably be thinking about how to do it better, how they can oppress without being caught. caught exactly. <laughs> and it's, this entire situation is just uh, bombarded by so many issues because we have corruption in it. Because they have to like bribe these Ascaris, if you think about it. And then there's violence, and it's violence against, against women. So there's just so much going on around this entire area. And I just feel like it's something that needs to be looked into. And it's so sad because the government really wants these people all over the streets. Cause at the sa- but at the same time, if you think about it, this is like their source of livelihood. And they are not given any other option to work with. So I don't know whether they're supposed to go from here. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's it's really sad because we're always being told by the government, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We love small businesses. Mm-hmm. These are these are SMEs. You don't yeah. look at them that way, but these are small business owners, and they need that same support as you'd give any other business. Yeah, they just come out loud and talk about hustlers, how hustlers should be taken care of, and it just doesn't end up happening. And if it's about the government not being active in the job, this goes next to the next story that's hap- that happened, which was like the British Army misfire, which I thought was so ridiculous, honestly. Because we had white soldiers coming here, I mean, for training, and they ended up setting a reserve on fire that killed five elephants. Yes, <laughs> because and see, these were British soldiers. British soldiers, to be honest. Yeah. Let us name names. Let's name <laughs> them. Yeah. So this entire thing happened and we were given the, apparently they are carrying out an internal investigation. 
which is sort of like, you know what the Royal Palace did when they're investigating those racist comments. And, you know, I'm not buying this because at the same time, you know, there was one of the soldiers that, I mean, in the entire situation that posted, oh, two months in Kenya later, and we've only got eight days left, been good, cost of 4.5k fire that ended up killing elephants, and it was terrible, but hey-ho, we're in Rome, and... I, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't believe when I saw that. I thought it was a joke. I thought somebody had made that up. Yeah. That somebody actually had the goal to post that. I know, right? And there was the idea that they were cooking. I don't believe that, mm. honestly. This could, this could be intentional if you're speaking. I know. And we really want like justice to be brought up on this entire situation but it's such a slow process it's very confusing and it's you should be serious because the fact that elephants were killed and there's like this situation of animals actually going extinct so it should be taken seriously i think the fact actually that there were elephants killed is what's yeah. going to rally white people to that to this cause <laughs> yeah because you know what they really gear so hard for animals so yeah, i expect like, to see that happening you know whatever a few black people died mm. what <laughs> Elephants, animals dead. Where's my pitchfork? I know. So. Get Peter in here. We need to get this done. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, in this situation, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a particular British officer that obviously posted a picture of him hanging his kids before flying out of Kenya. And, you know, maybe he started the fire <laughs> <laughs> so he could get back to his children. Yeah. Maybe. Get your dad out. Great move. I need to investigate that British soldier. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, on a serious note, just think about it. I mean, this is such a serious issue. Like, why are we having these people doing the training in our own country? Because this is definitely not the first time that this is happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, sometime in early March, there was uh, a blast in Equatorial Guinea yeah. that actually killed a lot of people. And it was the same kind of thing, a mm -hmm. foreign army doing training or, yeah. or an army base near where people are residing yeah and then at the end of the day <laughs> we had like they bestowed uh the investigation process to the british people mm -hmm. and you know our government was like you know what well, you go do your thing darling we'll talk about it when it's over so don't hold your breath for any accountability and it's so sad because you know they ended up even releasing a statement to like no elephant carcasses were found I'm like really like literally they were literally like, those literal elephant in the room. I mean, that take is just irrelevant if you think about it. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Can we circle back? Did yeah. you say irrelevant? Irrelevant oh. is the word, exactly. Okay, I, I need to give you a snap. Yeah, so let's see. Let's hope that something actually happens. Yeah, to, to let's the, just see army. that this thing is solved. And talking of solutions... <laughs> There's this something something that really needs a dire solution to it, and is the issue about where did my inches go? Yeah. So this story is about environmental scientists being concerned that pollution is causing penis shrinkage. Yeah, I, I heard about this. Apparently, mm -hmm. here let me try and say this: a chemical, a certain <laughs> chemical. Let me not even try and yeah. pronounce it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. No, that chemical apparently is used in a lot of plastic manufacturing yeah. and it impacts the hormone system and produces uh which apparently now will affect uh, your the size yeah 
I don't know. So they were using rats, you know, as tests. I mean, with how they do it with most scientific research. And they found out that fetuses that were exposed to the chemical were actually born with shrunken genitals. Hmm. So the issue of small penises is now even closer to us than ever. So <laughs> let's champion the size doesn't matter campaign. <laughs> this is going to be a huge step for times of movement if you think about it. The future is becoming female as you've always expected. The future really is <laughs> going to be female. There's, it's going to be... see. Tiny penis <laughs> <in a> lives, <laughs> but you know, I mean, thinking about it, there was also, I mean, something that I have to, I have to mention was uh, the environmentalist and you know the activist that we know, Greta Thunberg. She went online to address this entire matter. I mean, in a comical way, which was in a kind of like a way to instill this hard incentive to men to champion crucial matters of regard climate change, and I think that should happen. I agree. You know, <laughs> it actually sounds to me a little maybe environmental scientists were like you know what mm -hmm. they have not been caring the planet is on fire let's go for the penises <laughs> yeah, that's what will get people to actually listen yeah which is like the easiest solution because this is one thing to make men to really panic they'll be like okay the next day we are up in the streets fighting and championing for this and hmm, and you know at the same time it's like we're transitioning from dick to class, as you can say, <laughs> or <laughs> penis light. Now and you'll be hearing, oh, baby, baby, it's, it's, it's not me. It's you know, climate change. It's climate change. <laughs> so they have a new excuse to this, work around this, it. This never usually happens, baby. It's, <laughs> it's climate change. <laughs> and th this is like a horrible situation, which is just transition to something that's happening to us in this country that we have to talk about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> situation repeating itself. Deja vu and lockdown, yeah. you know? Yeah, we're in March 2021, but it feels a lot like March 2020. Yeah, it was just, it just came out from nowhere. I mean, just picture this, you know? It's 2021, you are just somewhere at the heart of Westlands at a bar, and it's 5 p.m. at happy hour, you know? And then you look down at your menu and you see there there's a drink called the social distancer. <laughs> and the president pops up in the screen. He just bursts into tears because doom is coming through. And yeah, he was there. Fellow Kenyans. <laughs> yep, it happened. He gave yep. a presidential address and mm -hmm. put basically we're back in lockdown. Yeah. Lockdown 2, the yeah. sequel. Yeah. And you know, by the way, speaking of the fellow Kenyans thing, do you know how it's almost starting to sound like a threat? You hear that? <laughs> Those words nowadays and you know, like this is just some crap that's about to follow. It's triggering yeah. at this point. So the situation was that there was a cessation of movements in five counties, namely Nairobi, Nakuru, Kajado, Machakos, and Kiambu. So public gatherings were banned once again, and there were just some conditions that had to be taken in place, but which is funny because there have been political rallies happening. Like, this is not a big ending. No, we saw it. It's things that have been going, like, have been happening through this entire time. Yeah, there was some fine print there. No public gatherings except little rallies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we just skipped over. And this was a big blow to everyone. And to mention, honestly, Kenyans who, you know, the normal Kenyans that have been just ignoring things and parting all through this pandemic situation. I know somebody would be like, you know, if I died of corona, you just tell my kids I died a free man. I wasn't chickening and curing at home like a loser. I died at an armor piano gig, aggressively twitching <laughs> my body. <laughs> <laughs> which samples is the chiropractic section. So so it's 
with this, it's also extended to the fact that schools actually ended up being closed. Um, somebody check on my Tiang. Yeah, is he yeah. okay? <laughs> <laughs> and this entire thing just happened when Insta is approaching, if you think about it. And this yeah. is so sad because it's such a big blow to the hospitality sector in general. Huge. Yeah. So they'll get to have these things where hotels are stuck, there's no servicing, people can't put their business afloat. It's just... I mean, they didn't even prepare people for this like damage that was caused. I think so, that when it comes for hotels, like yeah. now those people who are stuck, maybe you had two people staying at your hotel, then they're mm. stuck because they can't travel <laughs> yeah. now. Those are the those are the people keeping hotels afloat. The yeah. people who are <laughs> stuck yeah. in. I'm like, thank you for your service. So, but you know, our government had like an entire year to prepare, but you know, they just chose to go through this situation like recording artists. To be honest championing and promoting their bbi album and agenda <laughs> i think it's time to remind them that, like if everyone is dead there won't be anyone left like for to vote for the bbi thing right you know perhaps that will get them in action and in gear but it's true like this as as i mentioned this is like you know lockdown two. yeah the worst lockdown Ever. and like the sequel is never as good as the original and yeah. just like <laughs> any sequel movie this uh we've been put in lockdown there's been zero cushioning no plan. There's supposedly an economic plan yeah, um, that um, the, yeah. you know we have heard tell of, but it's basically just feels like we have been told to you know jisot. Yeah, and it was you know this thing was so rushed to be honest. Like the announcement that was made itself was just so messed up that they had to circle back and come back again to kind of do it again and clarify things. So these are people that aren't even reading from the same document, if you think about it. No WhatsApp group to, co like, to coordinate like, the entire announcement thing. Surely. <laughs> Maybe they need to get some conspiracy theories, WhatsApp aunties to coordinate this thing. So they're very proper in handling that business. They get, they get things done. <laughs> and this is the same government that keeps on whining and telling us, you know what, we have a plan. And it's like, what is the plan? Please tell us the plan. I would like to see it. Mm -hmm. And it's equivalent of people whose stories you can't verify. You know those people that tell you, I'm the one who knows the story. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. And it's, honestly, it's so sad. Because this extends to even the fact that right now in hospitals, we don't have oxygen. Oxygen is running out. There's like only 16% of oxygen left. And our own Thai cargo is urging Kenyans to return the oxygen tanks. Who is taking, how are you taking oxygen tanks? Are you, who is just <laughs> bouncing from the hospital with an oxygen tank? I think we're like. very sure we know these people <laughs> taking the oxygen tanks. I mean, we want to say, but we know who they are. They're just messing us all around. And this mess extends to vaccination, the issue of vaccination. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So despite, you know, there's obviously been a clear rise in cases, mm -hmm. um, but there has been little to no effort from the government to, you know, to undertake mass vaccinations. Yeah. Or even a plan, or maybe there's, it's less. Wait, wait, wait. I know. Just hopes and hopes and everything. Because I remember they initially claimed that the vaccines will be administered to essential individuals by June. And I'm like, June, wherever you are, actually, that seems like so much work <laughs> that's placed on you. <laughs> and, you know, even like passing this information on to the public has not been done accurately. Because like it's individual hospitals that have to do this, like to everyone, and even this vaccination is done by mutual aid in Kenya. Like you have to get to have this strenuous situation. You have to put out calls online for information. Somebody has to write like an entire thread on it. Then you have to go verify. Honestly, yeah, we are exhausted. We are tired. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so far, the only expansion of the vaccination efforts has been to include uh, people who are 58 plus <laughs> in this first phase. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure I know a lot of younger people who are somehow getting the vaccine yeah. like, because th there's like a lot of corruption. Yeah, and it's also like... I think I'd say it's kind of like paranoia because like they don't know what's gonna happen forward. So like you know what, let me just prepare myself in case things mess get messy in the front line. So exactly. But you know what? What I think that this government should do, they should have the same energy and acts they had like when they were dealing with the Huduma number. You know, hey, hold right. the, we are being forced to take that thing. I just threatened. Hope they, mm. We are being threatened. <laughs> so please just put the same energy into this situation because it's very dire. Maybe though, maybe they actually want us to die. You know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, if there's a few, you know, less million of us, then maybe the country is easier to run. Yeah. Uh, maybe you know they'll actually be able to do their jobs then. You know. Uh, or, mm. or yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm getting dark here, but listen, yeah. hear me yeah. out. Maybe mm -hmm. they th they see it as you know job creation. You know, yeah. getting more funeral tenders, more yeah. attendants, grave diggers. We are creating jobs. I know that just <laughs> tender connoisseurs. They just love tenders because that's how they get to get everything that they have through that. But we just cannot ignore that the fact that there's been so much corruption happening with this vaccination efforts like I, I would be shocked at the end if it's not efficient you know yeah or if we run out of vaccine <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we just hope that we we're done with this entire thing because you know corruption is almost like we need like having no corruption is like the dream that we hope to i mean where to to get to that situation Someday. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, capitalism raises its heads as there are patent-free vaccines available. Yeah, there's there are patent-free vaccines that somehow have not been shared with. Yeah, it's like, what are you guys waiting It's just for? It's to make money off of people's dying and suffering, literally. It's I know. It's so sad. We're not cut out for this. I'm speaking <laughs> of cut out, not cut out for this. Let's talk about a situation of not fitting in, uh -huh, which so. is a crazy story, by the way, where I can say to whom much is given, much is tested. And for the ever given, much was ever tested. <laughs> yeah, yo, yo, so you're talking about uh, the situation in the Suez Canal yeah. where there was a cargo ship mm -hmm. that was stuck. Yeah. Stuck in there, yeah, and um, there was like a <laughs> and it was called the <laughs> the ever given. Yeah, which. and there was this crazy street of a traffic jam that was actually estimated to be delaying four hundred million dollars worth of goods in an hour. But it's fine, okay, massive cargo ship. I'm hopelessly stuck doing life. Yeah, I feel your pain, <laughs> cargo ship. <laughs> yeah, so just a backstory. This is an important canal actually, which bridges the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea. So it's very important being one of the busiest pathways where vessels go through every day. And you know what? I didn't even know that the Red Sea was a real thing, to be honest. Maybe <laughs> it was just in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Finding out Moses is an actual place, you know, makes the Bible just a little truthful a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, too, it's too real. Yeah, too real. <laughs> um, but the Egyptian government has, um, they've had uh, long phases of procrastination in um, making the, the canal wider because clearly this has been something that yeah. has been foreseen to happen. Yeah. Uh, so maybe pro procrastination is, you know, it's just waiting <laughs> for more <laughs> interesting tragedy to come along. Yeah. Then you can do something. Yeah, and this entire situation had us singing, I want you to pack that big container ship right in this little <laughs> canal, you know? <laughs> and so the canal authorities, 
you know, are now left with like this tough duty of like removing up to seven hundred thousand cubic feet of sand to be able to free this ship apparently that blocked the canal. And I'm thinking, did they even think about the little ways to solve this? Even rub butter on the boat to see <laughs> if this is gonna work. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they did because they did actually manage to get it out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know this this was a big ship to be honest. Like just put this in perspective, mm-hmm. like the Ever Given is just as tall as the Empire State Building or like some articles saying two hundred and twenty five <laughs> <laughs> Victoria's Secret models stuck <laughs> on top of each other. God, what is this? And it had like some like countries like the U.S. and the U.K. They were like scampering to set the officials to go save the pathway that was in distress, mm-hmm. honestly. But you know what? Hopefully after this, the Swiss authorities are going to get to work to fix the situation and to accommodate all shapes and sizes. <laughs> yeah, see, once it becomes an economic issue, that's, yeah. you know, the act. So. Yeah. But uh, the Suez Canal, this whole thing, it's about to be a sex position. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Maybe. about it. <laughs> Baby, you want to try the Suez Canal? I've been there for so long, you think I'm stuck. Hey-oh. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's see if it's going to get to that. Yes. But it's just a crazy situation like the next story. Mm-hmm. What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? Which was like the remarks by and the reactions of conservatives when rapper Lennart's ex finally dropped his highly anticipated music video for Call Me By Your Name that he's been teasing, like he's been teasing actually for months if you think about him. So I'll just tell you a bit of it. Like the video is packed with actual symbolism. I mean, there was a scene in the Garden of Eden to Judgment Day on the D-Day. Well, which is essentially was to become Lena's ex-D-Day with the Saturn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least it's getting action, even if it's the Saturn. But anyway, <laughs> so the rapper gets his due punishment in heaven and is condemned to descend down to hell in a mammoth stripper pole. That's my favorite part of the video. <laughs> I mean, everyone, honestly. <laughs> And he ended up having a dance with the devil by giving the vicious, well-held daddy an unforgettable lap dance. And you know... So is that what has people up in a tizzy? Like what? Is it the whole video? Is it, is it the devil? What? what I think what it's there's just so many layers <laughs> in English, like if you think about it. But I, I don't know. This pretty much sounds fun to some apparently, that the idea of drinking milk, milk and honey and singing worship hymns 24-7 all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, I'll just ask this question. I mean, in, in face of this end-time campus, I mean, as a millennial with weakness, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> would I you opt to take the long stairway to heaven <laughs> or just slide down to a pole? <laughs> yeah. Go to hell in a pole. We are going down the pole, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems very <laughs> inclusive because like, I mean, to people that can't actually walk up, like, the stairs. So, you know what? But, I mean, with the video, um, the devil is actually swayed by the rapper's bodily scale. And he was actually delirious through the entire situation. And Lil Nas actually ends up snatching the crown from the devil unknowingly. Yeah, and killing the devil. So I, the devil. I don't understand why Christians and... Yeah. Conservatives are up in arms. See, he has slain the devil. Yeah, and he should be good. And he went to hell. You guys have been condemning Kwepo to go to hell. Why are you surprised now that this actually happened? So, mm-hmm. but you know, this action actually of him taking the crown of the devil just symbolized like deconstructing the entire idea of punishment in hell that always instills fear in people to sit there and do the right thing, preventing them from actually embracing their true selves. 
yeah so this this did feel like a like a big win for like as a gay artist for yeah. him to be able to just openly express himself his sexuality yeah. and just no f's given yeah and the, it's also like literally the gay community i mean especially the black gay community like they literally and their own music idol i mean after years of like relying on looking up to open-minded and bisexual women in the music scene but uh, you know also because like this is entire situation had like the Rolling Stones really, I mean, to go deep into the issue. And, the, you know, they had a sit down with the correspondent of the Church of Saturn. Because, you know, people are like, oh, they offended the Saturn. So, like, at the, like, the Church of Saturn, there are people pissed about this entire thing. So, you know, they had a sit down with them. I don't know if you saw it. Mm, apparently, I did. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the Church of Satan confirmed that they actually don't look up to Satan as a deity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they believe in atheism. Yeah. I, I yeah. me, me, me. <laughs> yeah. Which is self-worship and seeing one's own self um, yeah. as sort of a god or seeing God in yourself. Yeah, so essentially the, the video actually ended up confirming the idea that since the rapper dethroned Satan, he actually became his own deity, you know. But people are also blaming him about the situation of like, oh, you're passing this on to our kids. How mm -hmm. dare you do this? And it's like, he's, it's not his, his, like it's his responsibility to do this. You know, there was a claim of poor moral installation on children. But, you know, I thought it takes a village to raise a children. So how was this village when this was happening? And why did this village leave YouTube or not to play? <laughs> exactly. But on the bright side... Uh Little Nas X has brought Christians and devil worshippers together. Yeah, like which is something that doesn't happen. So yay, happy to see that. <laughs> so next to this next story, it's about modern mugs. And this is focusing on Machakos County Governor Alfred Mutua. So he said that he doesn't have, like, there's no increased bed capacity in his county. But in case you die, you know, <laughs> there's a modern mug waiting for you there. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, we as Kenyans, we, mm -hmm. we really do accept the bare minimum with Every enthusiasm. Time. Yeah. So, you know, because he's, he's done a few things here and there. Yeah. We're willing. He, he was almost president. I know people like, oh, but I like this guy as a president. Like, eh, hey. people really just forget about everything and they don't care about anything. And, and why, why is the default setting to help bury you instead yeah. of making sure you don't die in the first place? Exactly. Choosing to procure deathbeds for us instead of actual hospital beds. You know, maybe laying in your deathbed is his key political <laughs> mantra. You know. Yep. But, you know, government officials are often complaining about things getting to be done. But, you know, at least he's making sure people in this county have a proper <laughs> send-off to the afterlife. <laughs> Other governors don't care about anything. They don't care how you die. They don't care how you end up in hospital. At least he has a 1% in that situation. Sure. Us and our vibes. We yeah. shall, we'll endure. I know. And how do we keep on voting these people when they're underperforming all the time? The system is rigged, honestly. Mm -hmm. Voter apathy. Oh, that's why there's voter apathy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next story, guess who mm. is the story? Okay, so there's like, okay, it's the signaling of the brand. So uh, Signal Brands, like, had this kind of uh, handbag licensee of, like, gas, like, corporation was put on spot for selling gas dot bags, which actually ended up looking so familiar to a popular handbag, Tefkal Tefla. So there was this entire scaffold in social media, and people had to, people actually forced them to halt production of these bags. And the CEO came out and talked. Uh, I don't know if you saw what he said. Mm, yeah, he, sa he said something about that he, 
He made the bags with the goal of having fashion that's affordable and accessible to people. I know, which is funny because it's just something that's ripped off from, like, in, in like ripped off from other fashion brands. And this is an ingrained culture because there's always been ideas of people stealing, actually from black people, which makes it even sad, and they're not even held accountable. Mm-hmm. And we have to talk about Fashion Nova. They're so notorious for this behavior. Yeah, exactly. And they're <laughs> like one of the biggest fast fashion. <laughs> fast <corporate>. fashion. <laughs> yes. And, but then let me give you an insight on something. Mm-hmm. I mean, to just decipher Fashion Nova, do you know like what Nova means? Nova is like an actual star that shines bright and then it disappears. So this is what they do. They come with big sale and then they go away and steal ideas <laughs> and then they show up again and they act like the ideas are theirs. So there's actually a meaning behind the name. <laughs> behind the name, which is so funny. And this entire institution about fashion has been extended to our very renowned Victoria's Secret mm-hmm. and the usual recipe for disaster. Yeah, they are trying to, you know, look like a responsible corporate entity. They've... Uh, They've hired their first quote-unquote plus-size model. Yeah. Her name is Barbara Palvin. Yeah. Uh, Barem. This is not what we're looking for. Do you know this lady is skinnier than the average person? I don't know how they got to that plus-size. Yeah. Like, and, like, I don't know. This is not really, like, the right move for inclusion. Like, do it if you actually want to help people. Just don't do it because you don't want to be cancelled or something of that sort. To be honest, if people consider Barbara Palvin to be plus-size, then honestly, I'm a morbidly <laughs> overweight hog, if you think about it. And I don't know how people don't see it. This is really quite damaging, if you think about it, because, you know, definitely it's one of the solid reasons why girls these days in the society face, like, body disorders issues and, like, have this unrealistic body standards to look up to. Because this woman has a waist size of 26 inches and she weighs 57 kilograms. Like, how the hell is this plus size? Plus size. How? Then we are obese. It's okay. I know. We're losing everywhere. You know, but despite losing, we have a win somewhere and which is a win on adoptive parents. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, parents who are adopting children are not going to get leave for mm. um, for that child. Yeah. And this has come under the Employment Amendment Bill yeah. of 2019. Yeah. So, that's good. And that's uh, the, the child being adopted uh, should be under two years. Yeah. So, if you adopt a child under two, you're going to get, um, I think, a month leave. Yeah. And th- I feel like this is... I didn't expect this to happen. This is... As much as we consider it a small win, it's actually a win when we've been having ter- terrible things happening. And so there's also, like, surrogate mothers get two months parental leave from the date the child is born. And fathers will get fully paid parental leave for 14 days. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, you know? it is good. I step mean, in the right direction. Step in the right direction. And that's also up happening with New Zealand. New Zealand stays winning. Yeah, all the time. It's such a country that keeps on winning. I wish I had that for ourselves. Unfortunately, we don't. We have a standard to look up to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's actually the second country in the world to give paid leave to parents who've experienced miscarriage. And this is such a... Like, I don't know why not so many countries have this going on for themselves. Yeah, you'd think that was a a very straightforward thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just obvious. Like, why are we not doing this? And it also, like, actually doesn't interfere with sick leave, which is... Yeah. Mm. And it's stipulated at three days, if you just look at it. So... I mean, it wins everywhere. And, you know, they win and we're losing. And our situation of losing goes back to a sad story right now that would have us changing our tone. 
where are we actually telling these people that this isn't your home, boys? Honestly, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're obviously speaking about uh, the recent saga we had mm-hmm. in this in Nairobi. Yeah. Uh, when three male hosts, yeah. I should say, uh, mm-hmm. on Homeboys Radio went on air. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about the incident that happened to Eunice, where she was a lady called Eunice was thrown from uh, the twelfth floor of a building Nothing after nice. declining the advances of a man she'd met. So these guys were having the DJs now, the hosts on the show, were having a conversation about yeah. this and mm-hmm. made some horrible, demeaning, demeaning comments about the situation, and like were twisting the situation, mm-hmm. blaming women. I mean, when this started, I was so glad because the Kenyan internet was actually not having it. And immediately, it just sent the company in panic over the weekend. And, and people were calling for the host to actually be fired. Yeah, it was, it was it sparked a lot of outrage. People came out, made their voices heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the hosts now, of course, they rushed to social media to give a, one of those apologies, which just was a, seemed like a copy-paste situation. <laughs> yeah. of, okay, damage control, let's, yeah. let's get an apology Honestly, out there. They didn't. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing about it is that one of the alleged, I mean, one of the people, the hosts, actually didn't even dare to the apology. I remember seeing this, and you know, his true colors manifested mm-hmm. after some remarks he made under a certain tweet that he actually ended up deleted where he really don't play the situation. He was like, ah, to more important matters, let's talk about Jaden and the corona and pandemic. And it's like, you made remarks on like somebody. And this is very serious as much as you just want to downplay it. But as, as you see, the internet was not, like they didn't appreciate that and we didn't think it was enough. There was action that was going around and you know, it, it caused the ABL to actually pull out like advertising ventures till the matter was well tackled by the show. Yep, I guess when you come for the money, that's when... Yeah, people results, start shaking. Exactly, that's yeah. when results happen. So yeah. after ABL did that, mm-hmm. um, again, the homeboys, you know, in fear of losing <laughs> yeah. red, red revenue and advertisers, yeah. mm-hmm. etc. So they actually laid off those three hosts. Yeah, and you know, the worst thing about it is that it, instead of bringing people together, this actually caused a huge gender war between... Like women and some men who don't even can't even think straight that this is an important issue. Oh, people are like, oh, the Bojel is being attacked. Oh, patriarchy is being torn down. And it's like, I can't believe we're actually defending patriarchy in this situation. And it really just gave me an insight on how horrible people look at these situations. Because I saw people trying to bring this, uh, I mean, trying to uh, talk about how, oh, we're not getting justice for men that are also in the same situations. But like, why didn't you talk about this? Like, you can't just use that as a weapon to attack another situation that's just as serious, you know? And like, you never talk about this on the regular. Why do you have to bring it right now when this is happening? Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I was definitely like hopeful. I like with all the action, the way people sprung into action. And yeah. It, it made me hopeful that, you know, if you actually speak up, Mm-hmm. Things can change because yeah. actually uh, CAK actually stepped in and uh, Homeboys was also fined with a one million shilling fine. Yeah. So I think this whole thing is going to actually have a ripple effect, hopefully yeah. for the better. Yeah. Right now, probably other radio stations are rethinking their content. They're also making sure they don't get into the same yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. So I think this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, and I think this discourse like brings in this conversation of actually the thing to do with the field of mass communication because it keeps us thinking, you know, we should actually give these jobs to people that went to school and learned about it, just not pick 
random popular people who don't even know how to handle situations in like radio and everything because they don't know the ethics around it because the people learning to that learning these courses and they end up not getting these jobs when they actually fit for the entire thing yeah and you need to give voice to the people who yeah. actually need to be heard yeah and on a sad matter do you know that the hosts like <laughs> one host is suing apparently the show for right. 21 million you know I wish you guys could see my eyes rolling. They were just rolling all the way back. Right now, I don't know why they think what they did is right. And there was even one element, honestly. I'll just talk about it. Who was telling people to go boycott UBL because they're affecting those whole city. Oh, now we're going to shift and go take liquor from Kereche because UBL decided that they want to support toxic feminism. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah, again, I ro- yeah, right. You're going to tell people, mess with people on their alcohol. Yeah. They, don't, they don't care. I know, and it's somebody with a dirty closet. I don't even know why he was, opening his, like he was opening his mouth. Like, you're not one to talk about the situations when the things you've been doing are, like, so immoral and everything. And, you know... Well, the, this anyway, the situation was, you know, sad, but I think there are some positives to take out of it, like, yeah. how, you know, people speaking up. Hopefully people will be more, are now more mindful about, yeah. you know, how they speak about these issues. And everyone should, you know, talk more about this and hopefully a more productive conversation around this violence against women is going to come out of this. Yeah, let's just sit up to see how it goes. Anyway, uh, it's crazy. So... <laughs> But we have to talk about something that uh, just popped up right now. You know, Radio Africa is actually counter-suing the guy for 150 million. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Do that. So, Give him a taste of his own medicine. Exactly. So we really, we're going to follow how this thing plays out. <laughs> yeah. And But. I guess that brings us to a wrap. Yep. That's the end of the show for today, you guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Shiko Waidaka. And I'm Jerry Benedict. See you next time. Bye. Bye. You said goodbyes when we get down with the tribe. It's a new 